This is the Information Station brought to you by Pacifica News Broadcasting. I'm Megan Silva. And I'm Zach Baker with your international news. Ethnic cleansing in Nagorno-Karabakh, deep in the heart of the South Caucasus, sandwiched between the Black and the Caspian Seas, and surrounded by the country of Azerbaijan aside from the Lachin Corridor, a small humanitarian land bridge to the nation of Armenia controlled by Russian peacekeepers. The unrecognized yet self-declared Republic of Artsakh is no more. On September 19th, the Azerbaijan military swept into the region after months of blockading the territory from receiving outside aid. On September 20th, the Russian peacekeeping contingent in the area negotiated a ceasefire between the Azerbaijan government and the president of Artsakh. On September 28th, the government of Nagorno-Karabakh signed a decree declaring the dissolution of the de facto independent state. This decree led to a mass exodus of ethnic Armenians out of Azerbaijan and into neighboring Armenia. As of September 30th, the Armenian government reports that the number of refugees is now well over 100,000, and the UN will deploy observers to investigate potential acts of genocide and ethnic cleansing. This incident continues a complicated conflict, exacerbated by a power vacuum left by a weakened Russian state. As former members of the Soviet Union, the West has primarily considered both Azerbaijan and Armenia to be squarely within the Russian sphere of influence. Peace in the region has long relied on Russian soldiers serving as a road bump. However, the war in Ukraine has pulled Russia resources elsewhere, and the Azerbaijan government has worked to build close military ties with Turkey in response. In addition, with Europe starved for the lack of Russian oil and natural gas, the Azerbaijan oil fields on the Caspian Sea now account for 3% of the European Union's total oil supply. Lacking Russian military support, surrounded by unfriendly nations, and faced with the enemy the West is unlikely to condemn, the Armenian government remains helpless to do little else but accept the responsibility of caring for the masses of ethnic Armenian refugees fleeing across its border. Thank you for that story, Zach. Up next, we've got our national news. The government shutdown has been avoided. On September 28th, just hours before the midnight deadline, Congress approved a temporary funding bill and sent it to President Joe Biden to sign. This type of temporary funding is called a stopgap funding bill and only funds the government until November 17th. In the meantime, the potential government shutdown has been averted. Many people at Pacific, and everywhere else in America, have been wondering what a government shutdown is and how it would have affected our day-to-day lives. According to Y.org, Philadelphia's PBS affiliate, a shutdown happens when Congress fails to pass some type of funding legislation that is signed into law by the president. Lawmakers are supposed to pass 12 different spending bills to fund agencies across the government, but the process is time-consuming. During a shutdown, some federal workers, such as airport security workers, stop receiving a paycheck but are still expected to work. Other federal services, such as Head Start programs, which provide services for over one million children and their families, would lose federal funding, causing them to experience interruptions or even closures. National parks would close, and government services such as passport applications would be delayed. To avoid a government shutdown after November 17th, Congress has to agree on a federal budget. Some items on the budget they are disagreeing about include federal discretionary spending, funding for specific federal agencies, how much aid to send to Ukraine, and spending for Social Security. And lastly, here is our local news. Update on mobile crisis intervention response. At the September 26th Stockton City Council meeting, a presentation was given by community medical centers about the usage of the CareLink mobile community response team. This project has now been operating for about a year. The response team is an alternative dispatch response to nonviolent or low-level 911 calls for behavioral intervention. 
This team responds in the place of or alongside fire and police crews with the goal of reducing negative interactions with law enforcement. CareLink has listed that their objectives include decreasing repeat callers, increasing follow-ups with wraparound services, decreasing the fear or hesitance to call police, building more community trust, decreasing costs related to 911 calls, and diverting people away from the criminal justice system. CareLink conducts welfare checks, responds to behavioral crises such as thoughts of suicide, and provides resources to those experiencing homelessness. One of the most prominent points made during the presentation was the efficacy of over-the-phone de-escalation. Between the months of June and August of this year, 338 calls were de-escalated over the phone and did not prompt a mobile response. This aligns with their goal of building community trust, as this de-escalation prevents traumatic interaction with law enforcement. On the clinical resolution slide, we see how a crisis has been resolved. The majority of community members were linked with local mental and behavioral health services, as well as substance abuse resources. Others worked with a team member to create a safety plan or were linked to other community resources. In one example given in the presentation, a police officer referred a community center to CMC, Community Medical Center, for help with emotional trauma. The community member was linked with Dameron Hospital and was given a behavioral health appointment. CMC followed up with her later and connected her to a housing case manager. It is inferred from the information on the slides that the emotional trauma may be due to housing insecurity or loss. She was approved for low-income housing and is being relocated to a new apartment. All data provided by the CMC presentation indicates that CareLink is a necessary and beneficial service to the Stockton community. They plan on giving updates on the usage and outcomes of this service semi-annually. For more information on the stories we brought to you today, check our sources at the Pacifican website. This has been Megan Silva and Zach Baker. Thank you for listening.